Slowly creeping on Jesse's area. Oh my goodness, it's hot. No, it's, it's not. not. It's not. It's not. I feel like in practice, you're telling me that's all I thought was, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Burn your tush. Breeze, but that it doesn't I mean, blow away our paper. Well, that would be nice for cool. If I could paper I'm just hearing mine with my pen. I don't know if it's effective, but. I'm using the drumstick and the cowbell. <laughs> Everybody lock your knees. Everybody clap your hands. Hold your breath. Hold your breath, lock your knees. Stare into the sun while you're 60 seconds. All feel great. Are we ready? Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. So lovely to see you all on this beautiful Sunday. Nice and sunny. I was just about to say not too windy, and then my pages started fluttering, so I'm just going to not say that. Um, would you guys stand with us? We're going to get started with some worship. Lord, I just thank you for this day, God. I thank you for um, bringing, us all here to bringing us all here together, Lord. I thank you that we have a place where we can worship you outside in the beautiful weather, God. And I pray that... Um, that you would just be with us here this morning, God, that your spirit would fall on this place, Lord. And God, I pray that whatever we brought in with us this morning, Lord, we would just leave at your feet, God, and, um, and trust that you have it handled, you have it taken care of, Lord. And God, I thank you for your goodness, Lord, in your name. Amen.
it is painful by the precious blood that my Jesus will now the curse of sin has no hold on me when the sun sets free oh it's free indeed now my dead is paid it is
shout your name God we pray this morning as you bring us the word through Jesse God that it would be your word speaking through him God and I pray that you would soften our hearts and our minds to receive whatever it is you have to speak to us this morning in your name amen good morning God is good everyone say Jesus all right hey welcome to Sierra Bible Church <clears throat> if I haven't met you my name is Jesse and uh See a lot of new faces. Thank you so much for being accommodating uh, to all of our guests. I know, so, so just so you guys can understand, being outside is still really fresh for us. We went outside last year uh, before, like right when all the, the stuff needed to be restricted, and there weren't as many individuals and souls as there are this morning. Uh, and so uh, this is still kind of new for us as we, we lay things out. We've got some folks in the, the playground over here. Uh, it's like I'm preaching to those in prison, so hopefully... We'll get you free by the end of the service. Um, but uh, yeah, just thank you for, and, and the parking we know is a zoo, but can we just rejoice in the fact that there's life here? Amen. And if we can just embrace the chaos and, and be humble and, and love one another, uh, God's good and, and he's been faithful. So here's a couple things before we dive in. We're really busy. Uh, we're super busy as a church, and so we've been trying to find better ways to communicate with you. We tried... Uh, a QR code while we were outside. Most of you didn't know what that is. Uh, most of you didn't like it. So we've kind of moved away from it, and we just decided as a team to invest in an app. And so if you have a Google phone, an Amazon phone, you have an iPhone, you can download Sierra Bible Church's app. Our live streaming is on there. Our bulletin is on there. The lyrics are on there. Everything is on there. You can even, for those that are watching online, you can live stream on there. Our sermons are on there, podcasts, all that stuff is there. Uh, so take out your phone, download that thing, and have it and check it often because, like I said, a lot of things are, gonna, are coming up. So I'm going to move fast and just strongly encourage you to check all our digital content out so you can know the dates, all that's happening. We have a newsletter. We send that out every week as well. You can sign up for that online. Uh, July 4th is on a Sunday, so we're going to do a barbecue for you. Uh, we're going to um, uh, feed you tri-tip and good food. We've got the drinks provided, the plates and the silverware and all of that. We're just asking you to bring a side dish or a salad, uh, and we'll have a, a table set up back here for you to put that at. And, uh, and then um, we also have scheduled right now a booth that's going to serve uh, ice cream, um, uh, what are they called, uh, uh, root beer floats, root beer, root beer floats, yeah. So make sure you, you come for that. VBS is coming up, Vacation Bible School. Uh, that's always a really busy time for us. We're looking for people to help. That's July uh, 12th through 15th. And then we're doing a, a dance, a hoedown, with a square dance collar and all of that. I want to invite you, uh, if you're single, find a guy, find a gal, bring them. If you're married, bring your gal, bring your guy, and uh, we're going to dance. It'll be great. That's July 17th. In addition to that, we've got a construction trip planned uh, for So Ministries down in Mexico, August 13th through the 19th. July 11th is a planning event for that. Uh, and then and it, uh, this, this fall, I have Jamie and Megan uh, who are planning to go to York Bible College. And so I want them to come up real quick and so everyone can see you guys. Run up here so we can just, yeah, sprint. You're young. There you go. Um. And if you, once you, you can come up if you want so people can see. I want to pray for them, and I want to let you know the, uh, I could never make that step. I want, I want, I want to make, let you be aware of kind of what we do with this. We, we love investing in our young people any way that we can. Uh, and one of the things we do whenever students go to school, we say, do your part and save each of them 
over the last year has saved $3,000 each to go to school. Uh, they both have, yeah, yeah, thank you. Way to not be lazy. Uh, but they have another $2,000 need, so a total of $4,000. And we want to pray for them, but we also just want to ask if you want to help or assist with that. Uh, just write in your memo on the check, York Bible College. We'll make sure they get those funds. Or if you go online and you give online, there's a place for notes. Uh, just put in York Bible College, and we'll make sure that with the rest of their schooling and, and get them uh, helped out. So can we pray for you? Lord, thank you for these lovely gals uh, who are falling in love with you and who want to grow in you. I pray that the next semester for them, when they leave uh, in, in the fall, Lord, is special and beautiful and awesome. Uh, we love them. We put them in your hands. We know that you're going to do great things in them and through them. And we know that you're a God that, pr that, that provides in all sorts of ways. We know you're going to provide for them. In Jesus' name, the church said, amen. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. One more thing. Uh, several weeks ago, we mentioned uh, that we wanted to uh, officially install Gabe and Mike into our deacon board. They handle all the nuts and bolts. They help set up tents. They help uh, put up the chairs, and, and they make a lot of the things we do run. They do a lot of things behind the scenes, and we're going to officially install them as our deacons this morning. So if you're an elder or a deacon, would you guys come up, and Mike and uh, Gabe, will you stand front, center, and we're going to pray for you guys. And as they come up, um, one of the things that, that they do, in addition to what the elders do, the elders provide spiritual oversight uh, and care. They, they're the ones who uh, really have prayed through all of the last year. Do we go inside? Do we go outside? Do we mandate this? Do we mandate that? All of that. We've got a great team. Uh, so this is Mike right here with, with the, uh, the man mustache. This is, this is Gabe with the great physical build, but he lacks the man mustache, which is okay. And so that's how it all... <laughs> um, and uh, as we pray, I also want to pray um, for so, those of you who know the Rupert family, uh, for uh, Nate, specifically Rupert. He was uh, on a one wheel, fell down, hit his head, and he's in critical condition. Uh, and so we want to be praying for their family. His vital signs are good. I'm in touch with all of them, uh, but it is a serious injury. And so we're already praying for them as elders. want to pray for them as a church. And then our deacons are already doing some uh, work behind the scenes to see where we can help that family. And that's what this team kind of helps coordinate. So would you guys all lay hands on these two and uh, let's commission them and their families to the work that God has for them. Lord, we don't take leading in ministry lightly. We know that we have an obligation to be centered on the gospel and to be centered on your word and then to live that out in a way, Lord, that gives you glory. And I pray over these two men that you would use them to glorify you, keep them far from sin, keep their families safe from the spiritual attacks that will come, and may they rally behind the great cause that Jesus is our one and true king. And we trust that you will guard, provide, and protect them now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Okay. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to start Colossians this morning. And if you would, I just want to read, really, I'm just going to read verse 1. It Really, all we're doing this morning for Colossians is an overview of the book. Uh, my wife is, this week, she's with our oldest son at junior high camp. This is on the heels of our senior high camp last, last week. So we had 60-something kids last week go uh, to senior high camp last week. I don't know what the numbers are this week, but I know it's a busy group. Uh, it's a milestone for us. This is the first junior high camp for our kids. So I've got the rest of our three kids by myself this week, so I just figured I'm not going to work next week. Um, and Brad's going to actually start digging into Colossians, Brad Beers, next week. But this week I want to do an overview. And the title of the message this morning is, Which Road Leads Me to Christ? Which Road Leads Me to Christ? And, um, and uh, that's not true. Um, We'll get there, though, Murph. I know what you're trying to say, buddy. Uh, but would you stand with me just as we honor this, this quick little brief few, you know, entryway of, uh, of Scripture here across the street or here? We pray that your word would be effective in changing us into your likeness and helping us not to live under the banner of the culture or under the banner of fear or sin, 
but under the banner of grace, love, joy, mercy, forgiveness, and peace. In Jesus' name, we trust these things. And the church said, amen. Please, you may be seated. Um, so here's kind of a quick preview of the entire book. First of all, you, you need to understand that it's written by the Apostle Paul while he's in prison. And he's in prison uh, literally because he's been preaching the gospel. And what ends up happening as he's in this prison, he, he did not plant the Colossian church in Colossae. Uh, he had not met the people in Colossae, but he knew the pastor of the Colossian church. The pastor of the Colossian church, as you'll see, and as we read, his name is Epaphras. Epaphras wasn't even from uh, that city. Well, I'm sorry, he was from that city, but he got saved in Ephesus under Paul's ministry. And what's basically happened here is, is Epaphras has been, he planted this church in Colossae, which is in Rome, and, and it, stuff starts happening in the church. And now I've been a pastor for a little while now, and this is just the reality of what it is to leave the church. Things get weird every now and then. And, and what happens is Epaphras is like, okay, I need some help with my church. And so he travels, he gets on a road. Remember the title of the message this morning is, what, what road leads me to Christ? He gets on a road. And he takes a 1,300-mile journey to go visit Paul in prison. And essentially what this pastor of Colossae goes to Paul and he says, Paul, you're not going to believe what our people are doing and believing. I need your help. And so Paul responds and gives this letter to Epaphras that he can go back to Colossae, read it to the churches of Colossae, uh, and, and help the people get centered back to being the church that they want them to. That, that God wants them to be. Now, let's just take this reality of, of the impact. There's some background we have to do a little bit to help understand the issues that Epaphras was dealing with in the season that he was alive, and they'll tie in with our season as well. So you know where Colossae exists, what, what part of the world Colossae is a part of at this time. The Roman Empire. This is a province in, in Asia and they are being impacted by the Roman Empire. Now, uh, we have to just kind of do a little bit of background work to understand the Roman Empire has had some major influences in culture. Right? You know, this 4th of July, which we're going to cel celebrate, this 4th of July will be 245 years old. Yeah? Pretty big accomplishment. It's okay to celebrate America, right? I think. It's 245 years old, and I think it gets lost on us that Rome basically ruled the entire known world. It was the center of the world for 1,500 years. 1,500 years the Romans ruled. Now, we look at the U.S., we're about 3,000 miles wide. The Roman Empire was some 4,200 miles wide. Rome really was it, man. I mean, everything came out of Rome. There are three major influences, even for us in the United States, uh, that, are, that are called, literally, there's a title for them, the, the three Romanas. These are the three things, the three major things, not the only things, but the three major things that the Roman culture has had a major influence on the world. The first one is what's called as Pax Romana. Some of you might be familiar with this term. It literally means Roman peace. Uh, really, it's an illusion of control because outside of the Roman Empire was war and it was all crazy and all kinds of crazy things were happening. But inside Rome itself, inside the empire, was great peace. They had a great vast amount of wealth and the Romans literally demanded the best of the best. If you went into the Roman Empire, much like in the United States, in the U.S., we, we may have division at this current time, but for the most part, uh, especially for those of us in outside, We've, we've existed in a great time of peace within the U.S. What do I mean by that? We really haven't had war on U.S. soil. But the rest of the world outside of us is filled with chaos. This is the Pax Romana that kind of existed within Rome, an illusion of peace, an illusion of Roman control. The second one is Roman law and Roman philosophy. The Romans were thinkers, and they loved, they loved systems and up to this point, this is a big deal because up until the Roman, Roman kind of time of awakening with philosophy and all that you have, the, the, the world was extremely dark. It was 
violent. It was hostile. It wasn't a great place to live. So there's the first two. Roman peace, Pax Romana, Roman law and philosophy. One of the things the Romans were great at was giving people a voice so people felt they had a voice in law uh, and that they could have a legal system. All of that, all has come basically from Rome. But another major thing came from Rome. It wasn't invented in Rome, but Rome basically perfected it. Does anyone want to guess what it is? Do you remember the title of the message? Which roads or which road leads me to Christ? The Roman roads. The Roman roads came about around 312 B.C., 372 roads, about 50,000 miles of roads, all leading basically back to Rome, which is where we get our saying, all roads lead to Rome. And this, you know why this is such a big deal? Because up to this point, you literally had all of these different little communities, different cultures, different places. And within those cultures and different places, each of those individuals had a, a kind of thinking, a kind of religion, a kind of philosophy, a way of life. And then all of a sudden, everyone began to become, become interconnected. And Colossae is one of those places that gets interconnected by the Roman roads. And the Roman roads, first of all, they were, they were super straight. They were very well built. Some of them are still in existence today. I mean, they, they, they had drainage, so they, they were built with a hump in the middle and off to the side. And I love the, the initial Roman thinking of building roads. The, we want to go this way. And so they would just build the road straight, straight over the mountain. And basically they said, if you're going to get over that mountain, you're going to have to just grin and bear it. There was no switchbacks. Later they realized maybe we should, there's some investment in switchbacks. But at first it was just bullheaded, we're going, we're the Romans, we can do this. Right? So the world all of a sudden shrank, and what ended up happening, and this is what was happening in Colossae, the world shrank because of this commerce and trade and travel, and all of a sudden, cultures started to mix. They became a melting pot. This group thought one way, this group thought one way, all of a sudden they came together, and now there's this blending, what the Bible would warn against at times, syncretism cultural collide. Do you, do you know what the, the Roman road of our culture is today? www. The new Roman road is the internet. It has shrank the world. It has created cultural collide. Now, the bad news to this is that, that the things that were evil about certain cultures started to be accepted. And this is what was happening in Colossae. They began to blend their relationship with Jesus Christ with other things of the world, other thinking of the world. And so Epaphras is right at go, going to Paul and saying, they're mixing Jesus with all kinds of other things. I'm having a problem with this. What, what do I do? Now, these roads were straight in part, so thieves couldn't, couldn't hide behind corners and steal and all of that. And, and, and the bad news to the roads is that this cultural colliding came about, but the good news to the roads is literally the roads were the way in which the gospel began to spread in the Roman Empire. Just as the Internet isn't necessarily evil, it's what you do with it, the Internet makes it possible for us to get the message of Jesus Christ out into the entire world as much as possible, but at the same time, we know that great evil can come from that. Now, again, the, the Romans, because of their philosophy... They had a hunger for knowledge. And, and, and the road set up all kinds of neat little things, but man, all kinds of weird ideologies, weird theologies, and weird gospel messages began to come out of this cultural collide. This, these roads just coming together and creating an explosion of really weirdness. Here's basically what the Romans said of the gospel. This is what was happening in the Colossian church. They were essentially saying this, the gospel is too simplistic. It's just too basic. And so they began to, one of the things the church was wrestling with was a thing called Gnosticism, that God is good and all that is material is bad, so God could not be human, which puts a real damper on Christmas. There was a type of ritualisticness. They, they started to embrace certain parts of Judaism that if you obey the law, observe certain holidays and seasons and regulations, 
Now, I don't know if you can make the connection, but if we, if we obey certain regulations, we have a better gospel. We have a better message. They became mystic. Certain people started to claim that, that they were having special visions from God and they were worshiping spirits and energies and they literally were declaring that Jesus was just one of those angelic spiritual energies that could be worshipped. They, they began to say, yes, the Roman roads all lead to Rome and that was the basic sentiment of the church. All roads lead to God. Every road leads to God. And then you have in our culture today a similar thinking, which is called relativism. It doesn't matter what you believe. As long as it's true for you, it's true for you. And to say that Jesus Christ is the only way in our culture today would make you a bigot, intolerant, or is what much of the culture would say today, you're not woke. But this is the thing that Paul addresses. He's going to come head face on, directly on with this cultural collide. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. You can look at it there if you'd like. It says that he is the head of the body of the church. Who's the head of our church? Come on, let's say it again. Everyone say, Jesus. He, he's, he's lead pastor. He's senior pastor. I, my job is to be sub, in complete submission to the head of the church that is Jesus Christ. He goes on and says, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead in all things, that he might have preeminence. Right? He's saying he rules over everything. He's the head of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn of the dead. He was literally born flesh. The other issue they were dealing with in the church, all roads lead to God, mysticism, ritualism, Gnosticism, pragmatism. I just want to know, pragmatism is, I just want to know if Christianity will work for me. And if it doesn't work for me, then it must not be true. Pragmatism is an issue of, uh, not an issue of, of faith, but rather, I just want God to basically make my life work. The goal isn't to be in unity with Christ. The goal isn't to be in a relationship with Christ, but the goal is that Christ basically would put on his britches and work for you. God, make my day great. God, give me a raise. God, would you find me a good wife? Would you find me a good husband? God, would you make my kids obey? Right? We come to the Bible with, tell me what to do. And Paul's going to come back and say, let me tell you what's been done. That the work is finished. That you don't have to worry about all of these other things. He gives us what we call positional peace with God. As Colossians says in chapter 3, verse 3, Paul will say, you have died and your life is hidden in Christ. Now in our culture, some of the roads we have to God, we call the social gospel. The social gospel basically says that if, if you're not standing up for justice and you're not involved in social things and helping the poor, if you're not involved, then you really don't have true, true Christianity. You have to be, as I said earlier, woke on another side you have the prosperity gospel which is preachers who stand up in front and say if you do these things your wallet will get fat right uh, the, the the mantra of the prosperity gospel is name it claim it blab it grab it speak it into existence but then on the other side not that long ago some of the pastors in response to that allowed the pendulum to swing and went over to the poverty gospel which is just give everything up you're not a real christian unless you're living in a tent down by the river or if you remember the old Saturday Night Live skit in a van down by the river, down by the river. This is exactly what Paul says in Galatians. Later to the Galatian church, he says, if, if we, he includes himself. Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, Paul includes himself. He says, but if we, including myself, if somehow I go astray, if some, somehow I go awry, or if an angel from heaven should preach a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Now, I've offended folks over the years, but my job is not to worry about how much I offend you. My job is to liberate you to the true gospel. And this is Galatians chapter 1 was written for the Mormon church. If an angel comes 
the angel Moroni, and preaches to you a different gospel, let him be accursed. That, that's what Scripture says. Are you offended by the Bible? Your issue is not with me. Your issue is with the God who created the world. So I figured as we go on this path, as I figured as we, we overview Romans and we talk about the Roman roads, one of the most major impacts of the culture, it would be beneficial for us to understand what road does lead to Christ. And essentially what Paul, is his encouragement to the Colossians is, yes, the gospel is that simple. And so I, I figured I, I would do a little work with um, another kind of road. I remember this road being preached to me as a young kid. Maybe you do as well. Maybe you're not familiar with it, and I'm going to make you familiar with it. Maybe you're new to Christianity, and you're checking things out, and you're wondering, well, what is this road in which he speaks of? Uh, I don't know when it was written, but someone put together what is called the Roman road to salvation. And essentially all it is, all it is is, is several verses from the book of Romans that proclaim the gospel. So the Roman Empire had this huge impact on roads to lead us to Rome, and the book of Romans gives us the gospel. So let's go through it real quickly. Uh, the centrality of the gospel, the simplicity of the gospel. Here's number one. Number one part of the Roman road, being good is not enough. Being good is not enough. Romans 3.10, none are righteous, not none. Who's righteous? None, y'all. There's not one of you righteous. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of God. Sin came into the world through, through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all men have sinned. Nobody's righteous. Nobody's good. That's why we need to come together. We're sinners confessing the fact that we're sinners. We're under that banner. We know that we're broken, and sin is that bad. It leads to destruction in this world. It leads to eternal damnation in the next world. Sin is a big deal. So here's number two. If sin is that bad, what hope is there? What hope do we have? Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is, who knows it? Death. Right? You, you reap what you sow. You know what that means? It's a gardening term. You throw a bunch of grass seeds out. What grows? Not Christmas trees. Grass. Right? And the Bible says if you have sin, you sow into sin. What gives birth to sowing into sin is you're going to reap death and destruction, hate and anger. But the hope is that the free gift of God, Romans 6.23, is eternal life in Christ. The hope is in Christ. He gives us this hope. Now, number three, the third part of the road, why would God give us this gift? Sin is that bad. I've offended God. Your sin, if it's in marriage, isn't against your wife. Your sin against your kids isn't necessarily against your kids. It's against God. Those of us in the room who've been sinned against, we are made in the image of God. To treat any individual any other way than with righteousness and love is to treat that individual who's made in the image of God. It's to treat God that way. So why in the world, if our world is so broken, so battered, so bruised, and so mixing of culture, and so confused with what it should do, why in the world would he give us salvation? Romans 5.8 gives us the answer. God showed his love for us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. When did he die for you? Was it when you were good? Everyone do this. Come on, shake your head, do whatever you got to do, but you need to know that Christ did not die for you while you were good. He died for you. He died for your sins while you were sinning, while you were cussing, while you were raging, while you were lusting, while you were lying, while you were cheating, Christ hung on the cross for you, and you have to ask the question, why? Romans 5.8, he loves you. Now, you've got to be asking the question, why would in the world would he love? It doesn't make any sense, but when you go back into Deuteronomy, and, and Jesus says that he, he chose the Jews, and he chose to put his affection on the Jewish people, he literally tells them, I did not choose you because you were great in number, he essentially says, I didn't choose you because you were the smartest of all nations or you were the wealthy. He says, no, you literally were like nobody. You were the least of the least. I, I chose you 
Because I love you. Do you know why you feel the inkling of salvation? Do you know why you feel the gravity of God wanting to bring you to church or listen to a biblical message or read the Bible? Do you know why you feel that? Because God loves you and he's wooing you and he's desiring you and he's drawing you to himself because he loves you. That's such incredible good news. I want this gift. Well, number four, how do I get it? Romans 10, 9. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How do I get saved? Confess with your mouth in the simplicity and the centrality of Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that the gospel is true and you shall be saved. It goes on in Romans 10, verse 10. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For Scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. I, hey, hey, hey. I said it last week a little bit, and I just got to keep repeating it because it's completely true. Right? If I, Spurgeon said, if I could have lost my salvation, if I could lose my salvation, he says, I'd have lost it a long time ago. I recognize growing up in a broken home and, and living in a broken life and dealing with broken people day in and day out, week in and week out, that the gospel message is not get better, get better, get better. The gospel message is he is better. He is worthy of worship. And the result is a better life because of that. But if you come to Jesus in hopes that he's going to fix your entire life and make everything great and make you prosper and make you awesome and give you good feelings and good emotions all the time, that's the wrong reason to come to Jesus. You've turned him into an idol. He's no better than binging on Netflix. We come to the gospel because God desires intimate relationship with us. And it's that intimate relationship that everything else blossoms. Everything comes out of being in a, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that comes by confessing that you know that he's true and you confess that you believe in the gospel, that he died and was raised from the grave and you confess that with your mouth and you believe. Now this morning, if you've not ever come to saving grace, meaning you've not been in that relationship with Jesus Christ, just take a few moments right now to confess that you believe. Take a few moments to pray to God and verbalize to him that you believe. And if you really believe, my friends, you are born again. And then we need to do another baptism, which is telling your church family that you, that you are confessing with your mouth that these things are true. Now, here's the fifth part of the Roman road, because maybe, maybe you're like me at times. God, do you hear me? Has everyone ever, ever thought or ever wondered if God listens to you i mean sometimes it feels like i'm praying and god's like i go are you busy i heard someone told me uh, a couple weeks ago sometimes i feel like god's so busy how do i i don't know if i want to bother him with this little stuff well what does romans 10 13 says everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved God's so massive. He's so eternal. In fact, Colossians will say, the world basically is held in place by God. Right? The Romans are going, it's not, it's, it's not complicated enough. It's not philosophical enough. You've got to give me more information. I need more. I've need, I need, I got to Google this thing. I've got to look it up in a dictionary. I've got to see what Wikipedia says about it. I've got to see what others are thinking about it. Click, 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 click. What about it? What about it? And Colossians just says, you know what? The entire universe is held together by God. It's not sitting on a turtle. It's not being held together by Zeus and, and Mount Olympus. and No, 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 no. Everything is being held together. You know scientists still don't even totally understand how atoms work? How they jump around and do different things? They don't fully grasp it? What, what's interesting is, is, and I'm no scientist, and those of you who are, forgive me, but, but apparently this is solid to me, but if you look at it under a microscope, it's not solid. It's just a bunch of molecules moving around really, really, really fast. What's holding all that together? Jesus. Colossians will say all things exist through him. All things exist for him. And he holds everything together through him. How in the world is the world not more chaotic than it already is? How, how in the world does the world not collide into the sun? 
How has the moon not slammed into the earth? How in the world are we still here? At what point in time are the fault lines going to crack and we're going to fall into the ocean? Good news, if you're here this morning, there's a good chance we'll be okay. It'll be the area that's gone. How do I know he heard me? How do I know he's in existence? How do I know he heard me? You call on him, he hears. He's, he's that big. He's that awesome. And here's the sixth part of the Roman road. Okay, now what? What do I do? What do I do? I believe I've confessed with my mouth. I, I need to get baptized. I should talk to Pastor Jesse or an elder about that. I, I should talk about how I grow my faith. There's all kinds of ways, but Romans tells us the next step. So faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Get in the word. Not your philosophical garbage, not Facebook, not social media, not the opinions of your politicians, not any of those things. Get in the word. You got to get in your Bible. You know how you get your mind on Christ? The Bible's all about Christ. Read it. But I don't have, yes, you do. You have all the time in the world. Get in the word. And as I close, basically here's what Paul's going to say to the Colossian church through the word. Number one, Rome is not your hope. He's going to undermine nationalism. Nothing wrong with living in Rome. Nothing wrong with rejoicing with what's good in Rome. But Rome is not your hope. Here we are all these years later. Who won the war of the culture and who won the war of time in Rome? Jesus did. Much of Rome has collapsed. Much of the rule of Rome is gone, but the word of God is still here. Rome literally used crucifixion to show its power and its might, and Jesus flipped it on its head, and he showed crucifixion to show his true might. Your hope is not in Rome. It's not in the strength of America or the goodness of America or the greatness of America. Your strength and your hope is in the humble, crucified Jesus Christ. Number two, don't mix your Jesus with anything. It's Jesus alone. Don't bother from other, don't borrow from other faiths. If you have Jesus Christ, you have it all. You need nothing else. As one author once wrote, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Who is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of every creature? Jesus. In him, the whole fullness of the de deity of the body of Christ dwells. Here's the last thing he'll say, and we'll close with this. Laws, organizations don't save you either. <laughs> It's not the system of Rome. It's not your law. It's not your voting system. I know we've got a whole world that's upset about how that's all gone down. And, and for me as a Christian who's in my Bible, all I see when I read all of those things is just Jesus proclaiming to his church, those things never really worked. Those things never really well work. The only solution is a humble faith in Jesus Christ. It's that simple. How do I change the world? Serve it with the same love that Jesus gives us. Sacrificially love this world, even though this world is sinning against you and hates you. We love them anyways. But Jesse, do you know they spit on me? Love them. But do you know they mocked me? Love them. But do you know they tell us that we're dumb and we're stupid and, 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 and we're filled with all kinds of weirdness? We're weird. And do you know they say these things about us? Do you know the world doesn't like us? I know, I know. And Jesus told us in Scripture, they hated me, they're going to hate you. Love them anyway. Yeah, but no more yabots. That is not a Jewish word. Yabot. No yabots. Colossians is going to be a great book for us because it's going to continue to center us on the only thing that we need to be centered on. The simple message of Jesus Christ. Amen? Would you stand with me as we pray that that simplicity 
would permeate all of us. Lord, thank you that you're good. Thank you that you're faithful when we're not faithful. Thank you, Lord, that you've used history to teach us more of who you are. Thank you that you've given us your written word that we can stand upon it. That we, we, Lord, can be stable in a culture that is colliding, in a culture that is pushing against each other, that we need to be more of this, we need to be more of that, Lord. There's this wrestling that has occurred. Social media and the internet has definitely shrank the world just as the Roman road has in its day. And yet, Lord, we, we need your assistance. We need your spirit to center us on the only road that matters, the narrow road that leads us to Christ is through the gospel of Jesus that you love us in spite of us and that you desire to walk with us in all circumstances, no matter how hard or difficult they may be. And I pray this morning that you strengthen the backbone of our church and our Christians in this community. Lord, I pray for all of them and all of the other churches that exist in our area that they would not compromise or allow the culture to influence them but, Lord, they would be radically committed to the centrality of the word, for it's the centrality of the word that leads us to the centrality of the gospel, which is the only thing that saves us. May we all stand before you now and confess within our hearts and with our lips that Jesus is the supreme king. We trust you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty, guys, we're going to sing a couple more songs in closing.
Began to 